Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast. This is where educators can come to find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. Innovation's greatest challenge is people overvalue their current system of doing things. They inwardly reflect and talk to themselves that the way they're doing things is just fine. The way they're doing things is the right way. Hey there, Leader of Learning. Welcome to episode 73 of the Leader of Learning podcast, a member of the On Podcast Media Network. If you're anything like me and you know how passionate I am about educational leadership, and of course that educational leadership can be practiced by anyone regardless of their role or title in education, you've probably been wondering what leadership has looked like especially lately with distance learning taking place and remote learning or online learning, whatever you want to call it. I do think in a lot of ways, leadership in all aspects from the classroom level up to the district level and even the state level have truly been tested. And in these uncharted waters that some people are referring to this situation as, leadership right now is being tested in ways that it never has before. And that's why I think my guest in this episode, Kelly Croy, will definitely speak to some things that make a lot of sense in terms of leadership and authentic leadership and innovation in education. Now, in full disclosure, Kelly and I actually recorded this interview before schools started shutting down and before distance learning. And I held the episode off for a little bit until I got some others out. But I still think there's such timely messages in this episode in terms of the innovation and the leadership and just being authentic and the kinds of things that Kelly talks about. So I'm really excited for you to listen and I'd be even more excited if you don't know Kelly already, if you tuned into his podcasts as well. He actually has two of them, the Future Focused podcast and really his sort of flagship podcast, The Wired Educator, to go along with the books that he's written. And we'll talk about those as well. But without further ado, here's my interview with Kelly Croy. All right, it is my honor and privilege to bring on the next guest here on the Leader of Learning podcast. A fellow podcaster, Kelly Croy, is the Director of Innovation and Instruction at Port Clinton City School District in Port Clinton, Ohio. Uh, he's He's been in this game for a long time. I know he's got some really great insights on leadership, and I love that Kelly believes that everyone can create and that everyone should, and and I absolutely share that belief. So I hope we can talk about that here too. But Kelly, welcome to the show. Uh, it, it's a privilege. And before we go anywhere else, if you could just fill in any gaps that I left out in that introduction, please do. Who are you? Where are you? What do you do? No, I think you covered it. Dan, I'm honored to be on your podcast. Uh, I'm a, a new listener to your podcast, and I'm excited. It's, it's well done. It's a great professional learning for, for educators. I can't wait to promote it. And uh, it's, it's cool to get interviewed now and then. So th- I haven't done a lot of them. So I really want to thank you for letting me be on your show. I am a That's podcaster. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I host the Wired Educator podcast. I really enjoy, like you, uh, talking with educators. And it's kind of cool being on this side. So thank you. It is cool being on the other side. I always really enjoy interviewing other podcasters because of that, uh, not just that camaraderie. Uh, you know, you and I speak 
in in, Vo- in a Voxer group and we're connected, but just that we have that um, experience, that similarity in terms of the experience and uh, kind of know what we're doing here. But uh, I appreciate that very much. I'm a big fan of your show. I just mentioned that to you before we even hit record here. Actually, both of your shows, I should say, Wired Educator. And I don't know if you mentioned Future Focused. Really, really good stuff there. And oh, thank um, you. you know. We are on video here. I know you joked about like having a face for radio. I was on the radio <laughs> once too, so I could probably agree with that. But you look fine, man, and you sound great. So let's do it. Uh, right. Listen, I, I guess I, I want to start with this. You know, um, you are very much about leadership as much as I am, and I think we share the sentiment that like anyone can be a leader, and and it, and it really doesn't matter who you are, what your role is, what your title is. Again, I end every episode by saying to my listeners, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a leader of learning. Um, how, how did you get there uh, in terms of your own leadership and and your your passion for inspiring that in others in terms of bringing out their leadership? Yeah, great question. And thank you for asking that. Um, leadership is something I'm very passionate about. And just like you, I believe everyone is a leader from time to time. And But like with intention and with practice, uh, they can be a leader all the time. So leadership to me is you're a leader of a home. You're a leader in your community. You're a leader in your school. Doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean you have a title of leadership. Titles of leadership are bestowed or given to people, hopefully most of the time, because they've already shown leadership capabilities and they've, they've, they've led. Like they, you're, being, you're given a title of leadership because I'm recognizing you because you have shown leadership. Thank you for doing that. I think you'd be great for this position. Uh, for me, it was, as I was naive. I've uh, been in education now for 29 years, 26 as a seventh grade English teacher and now uh, three in uh, uh, administrative role. And uh, I really have no credentials. I don't have a certificate of, pr- of a principal or a superintendent or anything like that. Uh, I was asked to, for this position because I showed leadership in what I did. And I'm honored by that. I really am. Uh, I wrote a book in 2015 called Along Came a Leader, basically because uh, very early on in, in my teaching, I assumed everybody was getting schooled by their parents and scoutmaster and coaches in leadership training like I was. I don't know why, but Dan, I was blessed in my entire life and even as an educator to be surrounded by great leaders. And I just, like a sponge, I just absorbed everything they taught me. And then, then most importantly, I applied it and, and tweaked it. You know, uh, I think a lot, we're in, a, we're in an age of information. There are thousands and thousands of books on leadership. How are we doing there? Do we, do we have a lot of awesome leaders, you know, based upon uh, all these books being written? You know, you can find YouTube videos about leadership. You can find seminars and stuff. It's all about in the application and execution of it. And I think quite honestly, uh, there are some good leaders out there, but they don't give opportunities to others to lead. You can't have all the great ideas. It, you, you can have some good ones. You've got to let people uh, lead. Make a mistake now and then and learn from it and help them. You're the, you're the mentor. And I, I really think that's where I am now in my 29th year is uh, I'm passing the torch kind of on to other educators, trying to help them through my podcast, through my writing, uh, through speaking and things like that. Like, you know, I, I came, I have contributed. I hope to continue to contribute, but I really want to help you. I want to help you impact this next generation. And uh, I like to think of myself as a good teacher in the classroom. I was a good teacher in the classroom for a lot of reasons, but because I had great leaders. I, when my principal walked into my room, I stood an inch taller. You know, uh, I made sure I looked good. 
Um, I made sure I made that power and impact. And, you know, that leader was there to pat me on the back when I was down and give me words of encouragement when I was a little cocky, you know. So I think it's really important. Um, you can't learn enough about it, but like keep it simple and apply it and reflect on it. And so I'm, I'm a big advocate of journaling. Um, I like podcasting, like talking with you, because right now you asking that question is me reflecting on what you know, I think helped me become a good leader. Speaking of reflecting, if I could, um, that's a fascinating story that I actually, I didn't really even know about you that 26 years in the classroom and then jump into basically a district level administrative position with no credentials, like you said, but just that experience uh, of being a teacher leader, uh, of, of pushing yourself to be the best educator you could so that you can make a, a large impact on the students in your classroom. And, and I'm guessing, and, and I think I'd probably be right here to assume that you were also leading other teachers and, and modeling for them and, and inspiring them with what you were doing in terms of your own practices. Um, I, I guess I was wondering if you might be able to actually like you said, reflect a little bit more and, and kind of speak to some of those things that you did uh, to put yourself in that unique position where you got a, a, a much higher level leadership, you know, quote unquote leadership position with an actual title versus just being a teacher leader um, because of what you were doing and what other people noticed that you were doing. Yeah. You know, I, there isn't a formula, Dan. Uh, I am very proud of it. There's not a single day that I don't drive to work and pinch myself that uh, how blessed I am. I, I totally get it. Um, am I deserving of it? Yeah. You know, I have people tell me that I am. I, I, I don't know. I, I took one course to become a principal and it was all about, uh, Ohio revised code, this Ohio revised code that. And I said, this is, this is not what I want to do. And that's the only course I ever took. And, um, I had a lot of people over the years come to me and say, you should be principal. You should become a principal. You should become an administrator. And I said, no, my passion's in the classroom. Um, then this position came along and it just seemed like, it's, it, it was very interesting, but I received, uh, without going into a lot of details, I received a great amount of encouragement to just come and listen to hear about what it was. And, you know, here I am. Uh, I advise the superintendent. I only report to the superintendent. Uh, I advise principals, assistant principals, teachers, um, state level, uh, government level. Um, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, I guess if I was going to write a book, another book on uh, how to do it, I think my first chapter would be called be great in the classroom. You know, like you need to be the person the kid goes home and talks about, you know, that I think that's really important. Uh, My daughter came home from school today and I said, how was your day? And she goes, I ate space ice cream. And I go, you did. And you know, my daughter came home talking about a teacher today. You know, that's being great in the classroom. I think I believe in servant, servant leadership. You know, um, it's not going to be by your resume that you're going to get a job. Uh, I'm lucky to have a good resume, but it's because I like to do things. I like to make, you contribute. Um, you know, in leadership, there's a, there's a couple givens. And one of the givens is you're going to give more than you ever take. And so if you want to be recognized as a leader, if you, if you want to have the good fortune uh, that I did, just give, man. Give value to others. Um, it was weird. You know, I've had districts when I was in the classroom, like they were building a new school. They came and asked me if I would tour the building, a, a neighboring district, and give them advice on learning environments. And that, that, that's honorable, you know. And every time I get an invitation to travel and speak, to, to open up a, a school or to talk with teachers, um, it's an honor. But, you know, but you and I, Dan, we're a little strange. It's, it's what, after 9 o'clock p.m., 
Uh, we, we have families and here we are talking about all things education. And so that's what I mean. You got to give, give, give. So that's some of my advice. That's great. And, you know, I don't think it's a secret when you've mentioned here multiple times terms like shared leadership, uh, servant leadership and, and distributing that, that leadership among, uh, and you even mentioned, you know, as a, dare I say, veteran educator now of, of about 30 years, you know, even giving back to like that next generation of educators. Um, I was privileged enough to speak with, uh, Dr. Tony Sinanis on a recent episode of my podcast, and he shared much of the same thing. And I shared with him in that episode that uh, I have found in my own research now as a doctoral student and, and my dissertation that that's a very large theme and finding of, of, of mine in my research on what transformational leaders are doing to inspire a growth mindset in in teachers. So when it comes to how are we inspiring teachers to move, to change, to innovate, that is so much of what we need to do is to give opportunities to teachers uh, to share the leadership in our buildings, to provide opportunities for them to try things and dare I say, fail at things. It's okay if you know everything doesn't go right right away. Um, so I guess having said all that, I mentioned and, and you've mentioned too the word innovation. And I know that's literally in in your title, in your role there at your district. Like what are some of the things that uh, you've seen throughout your lengthy career now or or that you uh, have have been pushing or you've been noticing more recently in terms of like where where are we headed? here in terms of innovating in the classrooms and, and pushing education forward? Sure. That's a lot. I'll do my best. And you mm -hmm. do your best to keep me on track because I go all over the place. I'm a teacher. Um, the only thing that really changed for me was my classroom got bigger and different and older, right? And so every day is an opportunity for me to help and teach others. And not from a arrogant position of I know everything, but more from a position like, hey, let's flip the switch and see what it does. <laughs> and like, I'll hold your hand and we'll figure it out together. Like, I, And if we really screw up, I know somebody on Twitter that might be able to help us out. You know, that's, yeah. that's really how I see it. Um, innovation to me, like I think a lot of people confuse innovation with technology. Technology can certainly be a part of innovation, but innovation, I define it as uh, a better way to do things. You're innovating if you're finding a better way to do things. Now, one of the funny things is you can go into a middle school or a high school and watch a class have a classroom management issue, okay? And you then can go down to a primary building or an intermediate building and watch a teacher use pretty basic uh, classroom management skills that have been around probably for decades or longer and take those very skills, those old skills and bring them to the high school and to, and to the middle school. And they work because good instruction is good instruction. Is that innovation? I think so, because it's a better way to have done something. Here's what I think innovation's greatest challenge is. Uh, and this just hit me this weekend. Innovation's greatest challenge is people overvalue their current system of doing things. People overvalue their current system of doing things. They inwardly reflect and talk to themselves that the way they're doing things is just fine. The way they're doing things is the right way. And they're not, what you said earlier, they don't have that open or uh, that mindset to really, they, they will say, I want to learn new things. Hold, hold that thought for a second. Yeah. And here, here's what's really interesting about this whole game of podcasting. So I have uh, episode 69 of the podcast that by the time this episode comes out, 
was released last week. Okay. But as we're recording this, I just recorded that episode today. And it's a solo episode that I did on talking about uh, basically resistance, teacher resistance, or what's known in research literally as resistance to change. And what you just said is a very big part of that. And, and it's based on research, which is that teachers get nostalgic, especially veteran teachers, of course, because they've been around for a while. And and it's all about how when things come along that disrupt. Listen, to me, I, I sort of boil it all down to like the comfort zone, right? I mean, right. research can use all the terms they want, but really it's that people get into their comfort zone, whether it's socially uh, and, and and things mess up like the, the social structure of the staff or, or the climate at the school, mm-hmm. or uh, it messes with the the teacher and sort of their psychological nostalgia and like what they have been doing for a long time. And I, I just wanted to kind of interject there because I think that what you're saying makes total sense and it is backed by research. And it's like, come on, people, like it's OK to branch out and get out of your comfort zone. And like you said, hey, if something flops We'll fix it. We, we know right. someone on Twitter who's uh, who we could reach out to. That's funny. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. I, I I think there is something to that. Like I've been around long enough to know like when you get a good thought or a good idea, like I don't know what it is. I, I really don't know what that term is, serendipity. I don't know what it is, but other people are having it too because the time, the era is calling for that answer, right? Like the problems of our day are, are screaming, help me, help me. And thinkers like you and I, are like, well, how, how do we help that? And so we come up with similar ideas. You know, it's no, it's no accident that a lot of people weren't trying to invent the light bulb or the car or at the same time in history. And, you know, now we really are kind of in a weird era of leadership that, uh, you know, if I may, I try not to get political, but we're like character and virtue and honesty. I mean, we're actually arguing these things. Like we're actually arguing these things. It's like, these are, these things are called virtues, right? And yet we're arguing whether they are, do do we really need those in leadership or whatever like that? They're no brainers. Um, so I'll end there on that. But, uh, I do believe that, you know, innovation, um, can be with technology. But it's just like anything, you know, it's like too much of one thing can be bad as well. And so do I push or encourage technology? You betcha. You know, I, I'm a big believer in it because I see the promise, I see the promise of it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Actually, I was kind of going to ask you anyway, and it was a nice segue. Um, I know you're a tech guy, Apple distinguished educator and all this stuff. So, uh, when it comes to blending your, passion for technology with your passion for getting students to really create and become creators of content versus just consumers. What do you turn to, you know, uh, where, where did you, where did you go in your classroom? Where do you try and get teachers who are in your district in terms of technology and, and that sort of in innovation? Sure. So again, to me, it kind of seems like just b- good basic instruction and not really high tech, but to other people, they're like, wow, I can't believe you did that and got all excited about it. So I taught uh, reading and language arts. I did that for 26 years, loved it. Seventh graders, man, my favorite class. I hope to retire. I hope my last year in education is a seventh grade English teacher. I, I really mean that sincerely. So in a few years, if someone's looking for a seventh grade English teacher, hit me up. Uh, I love connecting with the kids. Just they're fun. They're like, they, they're like clay. Like they, they want to learn. They want to try things. And so I'm like, huh, I want my kids to be good readers. What should I do? So I video Skyped with some of the most popular 
junior uh, juvenile uh, literature. I'm, I'm, I'm lack for better word there, but you know, what I mean, literature, yeah, young, adult uh, literature yeah. young adult literature and other people were like, well, that's amazing. I can't believe that you got a hold of this person. They agreed to it. It, it didn't, it, it was like, I found an email, I emailed the guy. <laughs> you know, it's like, this guy is like setting up an interview for the podcast. Um, then I thought while writing, like, well, how have my kids become better writers? Well, what if we published a book? You know, what if we made a digital book or something like that? It's, it's really kind of basic. And you know, here we are, it's 2020 and everybody, Everybody on their phones has access to video chat with an expert in their classroom. Yet how many teachers are doing it? You know, how many are doing it in your, your district? How many are doing it in my district? And it's like, name, name a content area or grade level that kids wouldn't benefit by seeing the relevance of talking with somebody, you know, like who's an actual rocket scientist or a doctor. And, and we can do it in five minutes. It doesn't have to be a 40 minute, you know, anything like that. Um, it's just things like that that are basic. So like, you know, if you're a if you're a science teacher and you're listening to this podcast, and I hope you are because it's a great podcast. Um, be a scientist and make your kids scientists. Like, figure out what that is. If you're if you're a writing teacher, make your kids writers. Publish like how awesome would that be if kids went home and we published a book. You know, I published a poem. It's like it's totally doable. And I think that's where the innovation is. Innovation looks canned and faked when it's canned and faked, right? Innovation looks authentic and genuine when it's authentic and genuine. So figure out what you want to do. I, th I think it's more important to walk into a classroom and first of all, finding out what's right, not what's wrong. Celebrate and promote the great things going on in our schools because there's great things going on in our schools. And the second thing is observe what the students are doing, not what the teacher's doing. Watch the students and ask yourself this question. Are the students doing what you would want to be doing if you were in that classroom? The guiding question that's guided me my entire educational career is, would I want to be a teacher or would I want to be a student in my classroom? And there were days where that answer was, heck yes. And there were days where like, eh, I don't know. Just try to have more days where you would say, I want to be a student in my own classroom and find ways to do it. Uh, where we're headed. So when remember when Gutenberg, well, we weren't around, Dan, but when Gutenberg came out with the printing press, how upset everybody got. It's like, what, anybody can read? You know, like, are, are you crazy? Anybody can own a book? Like, you know, let's let's burn him at the stake. You know, Gutenberg had a hard time. And, and we always get hit with that. We are entering uh, an era. We, no, we're not entering. We're well within an era where everybody can publish a song, where everybody can publish a book, where everybody can produce a podcast, uh, have a video. And yet some people are, are, are questioning whether they should or not. It's like you can, so you should. Um, I also think like you have to be willing to allow things to change. You know, like if you go back and read Shakespeare, he would spell the word carriage like 17 different ways, right? Like he, he never spelled carriage the same way twice. And yet, you know, some guy says, well, maybe we should have a way that where everybody spells carriage the same way. And, you know, no Webster made the dictionary and things like that. Things change. And so as I love books, I love the smell and hold and feel of the books, but like, that's okay. Like, writing is going to change. I find myself talking to my devices to write more now, you know, that's going to change. Um, and we have to be okay with that. And, and we have to be open to those sort of things. And so again, it goes back to what I said before, you know, people, innovation's greatest challenge is that people overvalue their current system for doing things. It's like, well, you know, I'm going to teach writing this way about grammar and, you know, uh, dangling modifiers and things like that, because that's the way it was taught to me. And I'm a good writer. You know, and and that's like, part of that. That's yeah. that nostalgia again right. that I mentioned. It's like not not only have um, teachers become comfortable and accustomed to just the way that they want to teach, but it's also uh, so much that has to do with how they learned as a student that they want to hold on to that in that nostalgic kind of way. 
Yeah, and if I make one more quick comment, like you are 100% accurate on that, but we also suffer from uh, the perfect neighbor syndrome, right? The, the, the classroom next door, man, she assigns homework every night. I wonder if I should be assigning homework every night. You know what? I think that's what a good teacher does because she's a pretty good teacher and she assigns homework, so I'm going to do that. And we adopt other people. Like, so then I'm trying to do what she's doing and what Dan's doing, you know, and like, and pretty soon my kids are overwhelmed. I'm frustrated. I'm carrying them taking home a million things to grade and stuff like that. You were hired by your district because you were you. You were unique. You had something to bring in that's special. When you sat down in that chair on day one, you know, do, do you want to change the life of a student? Yes, I do, right? Uh, do you, will you be doing anything that you can to help that student? Yes, I will. You know, we say all the right things. And then like by the time you get to your last year in education, it's like I'm doing a puppet show. By the time you get into your last year of education, somewhere in there, that stopped, right? You know, it's like at some point in there, people are like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stay every hour after school, you know, and, and there's that one student, you just can't reach him. And we start, we start making these little uh, exceptions to our rules. And like, so, you know, I love the name of your podcast. I love it. It's perfect. You know, the, you. the leader of learning. If you want to be a leader, an educational leader, then you, not not your assistant principal, not, not some other person. You are the leader of learning. And so you teach your other leaders how to lead, how to answer the phone, how to dress, how to shake hands, how to greet people at the door, every touch point that you can imagine. And then also um, you, you do that for your teachers. You show them what high quality education is, or at least what you value of it. And that's how we do it. I love the name of your podcast, The Leader of Learning. That's what everybody needs to be, Dan. They really do. Thank you. I appreciate that. I love your last answer there. And uh, (laughs) this is why, by the way, we put the the Leader of Learning podcast now on video because now we have Kelly Croy (laughs) doing... A finger puppet show. And and unfortunately, anyone listening to the audio version, which is like the true podcast, will have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. But hey, go to leaderoflearning.com slash YouTube and subscribe and watch this interview with Kelly and you will see the finger puppet show. Uh, right. And and also, if you you know don't want to go to the Leader of Learning website, you can, of course, look up Leader of Learning on YouTube and uh, watch and subscribe because that was that was pretty classic right there. Anyway, man, Kelly, I, I really appreciate this. I know that we could talk forever because I, I can tell that we have so many similar thoughts and ideas. And um, you know, I don't have quite as much experience in terms of years in education as you do, but I think a lot of our actual experiences that we've gotten through education seem very similar. And, and I really appreciate it, that about you and this conversation. And so I thank you so much before you go, if there's anything else that you want to leave listeners with, especially where they can connect with you and maybe find out some more information about you, your podcast, your books, anything like that. Yeah. Well, I would love to poach a few of your listeners over to the wired educator podcast for sure. Sure. Um, you know, I, I, I am really proud of my book, uh, Along Came a Leader, and you can find it on Amazon. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to retire from selling books. I really, It really was a passion of love that I really think I captured some good stuff. And really what I did, I archived the work of what everybody did before me. So I, I'm proud of that. And I have a new book coming out, Dan. It's called uh, Unthink Before Bed, and it's a children's book. And I illustrated it and wrote it. And I'm really excited about that. It's about mindfulness and uh, I'm getting closer. Uh, I'm kind of dragging my feet. Uh, I try to be active on, on social media. I'm not real good with that, but uh, probably my you know favorite thing to do is to podcast and write. 
are my two favorite things. But I will say this, anyone who reaches out to me through email or, you know, through Twitter or something like that, I reply to everyone and I would love to answer anybody's questions and connect with them. I love education. And I'm going to end with this. Educators are my favorite species. They're unique. Excellent. And listen, I, I really hope that you will reach out when that children's book does become available, uh, when it's set to publish or when it's recently published and come back on and talk about that a little bit. Cause I think that's a really awesome, well, it's an intriguing title and I think it's an awesome topic as well. So, uh, good luck with, with finishing that up and congratulations in advance on, on releasing that. Thank you so much for your time. You know, again, we, we talk fairly often, uh, through Voxer and a little bit on Twitter, but, uh, this was, this was really great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Also, if you enjoy the content shared on the show, please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. I would also appreciate it if you would leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or whatever podcast app you use to listen. For more information about me or this show, head over to leaderoflearning.com. While you're there, you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, how to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Voxer, sign up for our newsletter, and even find out how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again, and remember, no matter who you are, or where you are, you too can be a leader of learning.